Awesome. Welcome. How are you guys doing this morning? Little hot mic there. Did I wake you guys up? <laughs> awesome. Uh, really glad that you're here. Uh, if you are visiting, I uh, want to give you a warm welcome. Thank you guys so much for coming. And uh, it's been so encouraging to be part of this church for the last three months. Uh, if you don't know, uh, I just moved from Tucson, Arizona to here. Well, now I can't say just moved. Now it's been three months. You're like, all right, David, let's get going. Uh, but I still miss uh, the friendships there. And I just want to give everybody a warm welcome. And if you haven't picked it up by now, it's been an all-campus-led service. And I just want to give them a round of applause for their energy, their efforts, the singing. And... Uh, you know, as I was thinking through, my wife and I, uh, my wife and I have the privilege of serving the campus ministry, and we really believe that it's such a crucial time in a person's life. Uh, if you can think back, if when you were in college, kind of like the things that you were thinking, the way that your mind was being shaped, and teens, you know, you got, you can look forward to the campus ministry. Um, but out of curiosity, how many of you guys were converted? in the campus ministry. I'm thinking through. Go ahead and stand up. I want you guys to please stand up. Go ahead and stand up right where you are. If you're converted in the campus ministry, you were baptized in the campus ministry, look around. That's incredible. Go ahead and give them a round of applause. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys, for your faith. Thank you for being faithful. So we can see the campus ministry is such a powerful ministry where we're producing leaders, the futures of tomorrow, and I'm just really glad for your faithfulness uh, to be here uh, for the uh, people that are converted to campus ministry. And last week, oh, what happened to the audio? That's where my notes are, guys. No. <laughs> All right. Uh, last week, you know, Peter did an incredible job uh, talking about, you know, uh, the, the vision statement for our church. And that was to love God, live changed, and light the way. And, you know, as I thought about the season of change, it would be nice to have those pictures up. All right. Um, as I thought about the season of change, you know, I thought about what does the season of change mean for me? There we go. So that was love God, live change, light the way. And then we're going to get this. All right. There's the season of change that Peter preached. Amen. Let's give him another round of applause. That was great. That impacted me. Hey. All right. Here we go. The next, all right. Okay, there we go. Okay, so here we go. That's what I wanted to share with you guys. This past three or four months have been filled with change for me. Um, as you can see, uh, I, I switched careers. I was an elementary school teacher for four years. Uh, I taught two years here in California. Then I went over to Arizona to help start the, the Tucson Church of Christ there. Was there for two years working. So then, uh, you know, I just moved here about four months ago. So I just resigned from teaching in order to go into the full-time ministry. So I had a career change. That was, you know, that's different. I also grabbed all my stuff, packed everything in my three-bedroom house, and moved to a one little apartment here in California. Woo-hoo! No, uh, you know, that was a big change. That was, all right, you know, here we go. A little bit less space. Hey, but the weather is awesome. All right? So, uh, so that was another big change. And then as, as that wasn't enough, switching cities, switching careers, I got engaged in May, and then I got married in July. Woo-hoo! So that was great. So that beautiful, lovely woman right there, Patty Molina now. Um, so it was just, it's been an incredible time, but it's been filled with changes. If I can be honest with you, some of those changes were a little difficult. Not the marriage, of course. That's been great. <laughs> uh, no, uh, it's been a little challenging. 
you know, and some of those have been exciting. I'm so grateful to be here, super excited. Um, but I, I had to think through, what does it mean? Why are we going through all these changes? Why do we go as changes? And maybe you're in the teen ministry and you just started a new school year, and that's exciting. You know, you got a new classes, you got uh, new friends that you could possibly making. Maybe you're just going into the high school ministry. If you're in college, we just started a new semester at Citrus College in our Mount Sac. Uh, and I believe APU starts this week and also uh, Cal Poly starts later on this month. And there's just a lot of changes. Maybe you're married or maybe you just got married or you're thinking of getting married or maybe in the workforce you have a new boss or you're thinking of getting a new job. Changes are happening all around us. Isn't that true? You know, uh, you're probably going through a change right now. You know, maybe you're becoming an empty nester. You're like, whoa, I don't have this responsibility anymore of having kids, you know. What do I do again? So it's exciting, but the reality is that we're all going through changes. The question is, how do you view those changes that you're going through? And just like in nature, you know, change happens so that we can grow. So, you know, the the seasons of, of change happen so there can be growth. And in the same way, I believe that as human beings, we go through change so that we can grow. But God wants us uh, to grow spiritually. So there, there is a big need to grow, but not just to grow through life, but a need to grow spiritually. And God's desire is for you to grow spiritually this morning. So why do we need to grow? That's an important question we gotta ask ourselves. You know, I think it's important that we grow because we're created by God to keep maturing. Think for a little scenario. Think for a second. If you had a 10-year-old son, there's your 10-year-old son, but he's still the same height as a 3-year-old child. Wouldn't you be a little concerned there? <laughs> like, hey, what happened there? There's, you know, there's an expectation of growth, and God has created each one of us to continue to grow. Um, you know, our friendships are shallow and boring without growth. The moment we stop growing, you know, you just kind of like, hey, it, it would be weird to see the same person in the exact same place five years later. It would be a little dull. It would be a little boring. And from what I've heard, not that I experienced this, but a marriage can become a burden uh, when we stop growing. You know, a marriage can just be a task, you know. And what's important to understand is that, you know, when we're growing spiritually, people around us will be impacted by it. You know, your children's salvation, the people around you, your family members depend on your spiritual growth. Super important. Just like Jen shared, you know, uh, let's give Jen another round of applause for her testimony. That was really encouraging. Because I think about Jen, you know, she was going through challenges, but her sister was there. Her sister kept being faithful. She kept growing. She continued to invite her to come to church. So there was continual growth there. And here's a very important reason why we need to grow, is that we lose our motivation and drive to love God and depend on Him when we stop growing spiritually. And sometimes I ask myself, you know, some of the the greatest times that I've grown spiritually has been the times where I I felt weak, when I felt like, man, I, I just blew it, I don't know exactly how to handle this, like this. Through these all transitions, I had two choices. I can either turn to God and try to do my own thing and, you know, try to figure out the changes of of my life. Or I can lean towards God. I can lean into God more in prayer, more in uh, my Bible reading, more in getting advice. And those are the two, two choices that we have. And lastly, why is there a need to grow spiritually? Is that by growing and maturing in Christ, 
we get an incredible amount of joy. Think about the moment that you were growing spiritually. If, if you think about the time when you were studying the Bible, wasn't there a great joy to you? Wasn't there a great sense of like, man, I wonder what I'm going to read next? You know, it's been very exciting to study the Bible with Sean. Sean, go ahead and stand up. Sean is just visiting us for the first time. Let's give him a round of applause. And it's been super encouraging. Uh, we met uh, two weeks ago at Citrus College during our rush week. And you should see, we've been studying the Bible, and he's texting me every night. Hey, David, looking forward to the next Bible study, you know? Uh, he's just like, hey, are, you know, we're meeting tomorrow, right, at 3.30. And uh, it's just been such a great joy to see him grow spiritually. I'm really proud of the way that he's grown, going after God. But it's not just for Sean, but it's for us here this morning as well. Amen? All right. But the question is, how do we grow spiritually? And it's, it's really cool because we get a chance to look at a text here uh, in John chapter 4, verse 7 through 10 where we get a chance to look at a, a woman that comes in contact with Jesus. And I want to go ahead and read a, a section of it so that we can understand a little bit of how do we grow spiritually. Uh, in John chapter, four, ver, uh, John chapter 4, verse 7, it says, When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into the town to buy food. And the Samaritan woman said to him, You're a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews did not associate with Samaritans. And Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God, and who is it that asked you for a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. So what's interesting about this encounter, right? You have Jesus coming up. He's tired. He's a human being. Goes up to this well and asks this woman for a drink. But you know what the interesting part about this woman is that she focused on the social limitation between them two. You see that, that was, you know, she didn't realize who exactly who she was talking to except that, oh, wait, hey, I'm a Samaritan and you're a Jew. Why are we talking? And also, you know, when he asked for, for, for water, she was, he was just kind of like, she was wondering, how can you get water out of the well? And a lot of times when we go through life and we go through changes, we can look at the physical limitations in front of us as well. Isn't that true? Isn't that you're like, oh, man, you know, this change is going to affect my finances, you know, this move, my time. How many of you guys get caught up with time? You're just kind of like, I don't have enough time to get all the things done in this world, right? Isn't that something we all go through? And a lot of times when we're, we're caught up with time, what's the one thing we cut out? It's our times with God. You know, we, we take shortcuts because that's something that we can't see. In a similar way, the Samaritan woman was caught up in the physical things in front of her. And um, as we continue in verse 11 through 14, it says, Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us this well and drank from it himself, and also his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. And what's really interesting is that Jesus had gone preaching from town to town, and he had talked to the multitudes of people. But he takes the time to talk to this woman because he was trying to offer eternal life for her. And that's the really cool thing here that this morning, Jesus is trying to continue to give us eternal uh, uh, life here and eternal living water. And what is that eternal water? I, I was thinking about that. I read some commentaries. And, you know, that living water is referring to God's grace. 
you know, when we go back to God's grace, we're able to continue to strive towards eternal life. Amen? Um, and I want to do, uh, I want to ask you this question. Are you simply going through changes or are you going through changes with a spiritual lens? That's something super important. Are we just letting life hit us by or are we trying to look for ways to grow in our relationship with God? And I want to do this little, um, I want to do this little uh, audience participation. Are you guys ready to participate with me a little bit? All right, because remember, I taught fourth grade, so I love to interact. All right, I got to keep you guys engaged. You know, proximity is another thing, right, Peter? Right here, right here, right? Like when you talk to somebody, you know, you call out their name. You get their attention. It's awesome. All right, so we change our perspective to his perspective. And here's what I want us to do. I want you to turn. Okay, I sneaked it up on you. All right, I want you, the next slide that you're going to see, I want you to turn to your partner and read exactly the first thing that comes to mind, whatever you see. You guys ready? Okay, so the next slide is going to say, you know, it's going to say something. You got to read it right away. All right, but you got to turn to your partner and just shout at them whatever you read. Ready? Go. All right. All right. So you guys shout it. You guys got it. All right. Okay, it's coming. I see it. All right. So here's point number one as I got your attention right now. Here's point number one. Point number one is, in order to grow spiritually, you must change your perspective. You must fix your eyes from limitations to possibilities. And just like in this little uh, visual participation that we had here, you know, I read that, and I'll be honest with you, the first time that I ever saw this, I read it, and it said, God is nowhere. That's what I read. Raise your hand if you read that. Oh, yeah. That, oh, oh, that's a lot of us right there. All right, great. <laughs> God, God is nowhere. That's the, you know, it's okay. That's the first thing I read, too. God is nowhere. But what's interesting is that no letters change. Nothing's moved. But then if you look carefully, you can also read, God is now here. Isn't that pretty cool? I mean, those are the same letters. I didn't do any magic trick. The only thing that changed was your perspective. And I think it's super important for us as we, as we deal with life changes, as we go through a season of changes, that we constantly keep putting our perspective back on God. Because it's so easy, super easy, to get our attention and our distractions and, you know, put our focus somewhere else. So, again, if we want to grow spiritually, we want to go ahead and keep, um, we want to change our perspective. And I want to share with you a really cool story about this guy that you see here. Um, the story of Roger Bannister is an inspirational one. For many years, it was widely believed to be impossible for a human to run a mile in under four minutes. How many of you guys ran a mile? You guys ran a mile before? That's a, that's a long way, yeah. Maybe a long time ago, some of us, but you know, we ran a mile at one point. That's me. I got to get back into running. All right. Um, but it says, in fact, for many years, it was believed that the four-minute mile was a physical barrier that no man could break without causing significant damage to the runner's health. But on a windy springing day on the May 6, 1954, this guy, Roger Bannister, ran a mile in three minutes, 59.4 seconds. All right, he made it, all right? Um, you know, and, and he cut, it was, it was said for many, many decades and centuries, people believed that it was physically impossible to run a mile under four minutes. You know what the interesting thing about this story, or the interesting thing about this story, is that when he broke the four-minute barrier mile, right, 
guess what? By 1957, just three years after he broke that four-minute mile, 16 other people have broken that four-minute mile. And you got to ask yourself, you know, was it that Nike got better shoes during that time? You know, or was it that the humans evolved and, you know, got a little bit more faster speed? It wasn't that. It was simply that the psychological barrier of breaking the four-minute mile when he broke it, you know, it opened it up so that anyone could believe that it can be done. And the first step that we can take in, influence, in influencing our spiritual growth is, is the way that we think about it. And I want to ask you a question. What is holding you back from growing spiritually? You got to ask yourself, you know, what is holding you back from growing spiritually? Because as I thought about this, I thought about my personal life. What are some things that prevent me from growing spiritually? And one of them for me is unresolved sin. My pride gets the best of me at times. You know, or maybe there's previous sin in your life that comes back and haunts you. That can totally prevent me from growing in my relationship with God. Previous failures, you know. Um, I, went, I went through a, about five years ago, four years ago, I went through a broken engagement. And, you know, uh, dating again in God's kingdom and getting engaged was a little scary, to be honest with you. Because I kept thinking, you know, the last sister that I dated, I, I didn't lead her quite well spiritually. And, you know, we dated for about a month, and we got engaged. We were dating long distance. And when we finally came together, she, you know, she saw things in my character. And she said, David, sorry, I can't marry you. Here's your ring back. You know, Patty's cheering, amen. You know, <laughs> um, amen. Uh, but it was really difficult for me at that time. And, and dating again was scary. Putting my heart out there on the table was very scary, especially since we were dating. You know, I was in Arizona. She was in California. I was like, oh, man, this looks really close like before. But praise God, she was faithful. But you know, previous failures can definitely uh, prevent me from growing spiritually. You know, the fear of going out of our comfort zone, that can also prevent us from growing uh, spiritually. Um, you know, some, many of us aren't able to see God's grace in our lives. You know, we, we feel guilty. We feel unworthy. You know, we feel like, man, can God really forgive me for that sin? Can I really overcome the many times that I've fallen short in that specific sin time and time again? We can, excuse me, we can feel trapped by those things. So those are the, some of the enemies of growth. And then worrying about school, relationships, work, finances. Worrying is another thing that can really prevent us from uh, growing in our relationship with God. And let's go back to the scripture in John chapter 4, verse 15 through 18, because there's another perspective that I want to look at here. I want to look at another point. It says, the woman said to him in John chapter 4, verse 15, the woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. He told her, Go call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. And Jesus said to her, You're right when you say you have no husband. The fact is that you have had five husbands and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have just said is quite true. Mm. Take that in for a moment. Imagine if you were that woman. Just had a conversation with Jesus. And, you know, your sin just came up. How would you be feeling? You know, maybe she felt ashamed. You know, the word that comes to mind is she probably felt exposed. You know, and why am I sharing is that point number two, in order to grow spiritually, 
we must turn to Jesus and have an intimate relationship with him. And as I think about my, you know, my walk with God, uh, I remember that I studied the Bible when I was a teenager. I was 15 years old. Woo-woo, shout out for the teens. All right, shout out for the teens. Woo-woo. All right. Mike, I don't know how you do it, man. That's awesome. <laughs> All right. So, and, you know, I was 15 years old when I studied the Bible. And, and I didn't come from, my parents are not disciples, not yet. So I don't lose hope that they will become disciples. But I remember that when I was 15, you know, one of the first things I got challenged in was my speech. You know, I used to cuss a lot, you know. And then, you know, the first thing is, hey, don't, don't cuss. And I was like, okay, got to work on that. And, you know, but then as I continued to grow in my walk with God, I, know, I remember that I, I struggled with my purity. And I got challenged to grow in my purity. And I was just like, all right, you know, just, you know, cutting out the immorality, the impurity, that isn't good enough. Jesus continues to challenge me. And, you know, now it's, hey, where's your heart? Where's the purity of your heart, David? You know what I mean? Like it continues to go through different levels. And you got to ask yourself this morning, what is Jesus calling me to change? You know, and um, what's really cool is, you know, uh, last, month, uh, last year, I got a chance to go to uh, Tokyo, Japan. And it was really cool to go there. Come on, Ayumi. Woo-woo. I hear you. Yeah. You know, Japanese people, they're really shy. They're really shy. But um, they're loving, super kind. And um, it was a little bit uncomfortable, to be honest with you, because one, I, I, I didn't know a word of Japanese, literally. Uh, now I know how to say a couple of uh, things. Ohio means good morning. I remember that because of the state of, uh, state of Ohio, you know. Um, but... <laughs> Ohio, now you know, hey, good morning in Japanese. Um, but it was really scary for me to go out there because, you know, it was uh, the Tucson church, uh, the, the leaders there had spent 10 years in Tokyo, Japan as missionaries. And uh, I had the summers open since I was a teacher, and, and they provided an internship for me to go. I paid my ticket, but the church provided some funding, and then the, the church in Tokyo allowed me to stay there for two months. And I was going into a, a other side of the world, you know, into a place where I didn't know the language, I didn't know anyone there, and I was going to be furthest away from home than I'd ever been. Uh, but I really appreciated that experience. God did incredible things there. Uh, you know, uh, it was super encouraging. But what I, I think what I appreciated the most was the spiritual growth that I gained from that experience. Because, you know, it, it challenged me to grow. And even now, coming here to, to, to L.A., coming back, it was challenging to let go of my friends, of my profession, you know, to come to a, a whole new ministry. Um, but I realized that this is Jesus calling me to grow. And I need to step into it. I was tempted, guys, to just be like, no, thanks, you know, that's, I don't know about that. But God was like, hey, David, I want you to grow spiritually. And the cool thing is that God wants to continue to grow, help you to grow, and he will continue to challenge your faith. Are you guys with me? Yeah. All right. And uh, I want to go ahead and share with you um, this really inspiring video, and I'll, I'll talk right after it. So go ahead and turn your attention to this video. I'm going to play it again just so that we can get the sound up. You. Look at your eyes. Look at them. Speckled. Colorful. Each one unique. And I created every one of them. personality.
complex. And every day, I give you life. I love you. But something happened. You cheated on me. You didn't trust me. You sinned. You cut yourself off from me. And although you're still alive, you are slowly dying. So you looked for other things. To fill the void. Pretty awesome, isn't it? It's a really great video. It's a really great video and a reminder of why we need to keep going spiritually. If you want spiritual growth, if you want to continue to grow in your, in, in your walk with God, we always got to come back to Jesus. That needs to be our motivation, our source, our joy for whatever changes we're going to have, we're going to change because. A lot of times we tend to just do behavior modification instead of really changing our character and growing. And, you know, 
I want to share with you what, what, what happens when you come in contact with Jesus, what happens when you really deal with your sin. Just like the woman had a look at her, she had to take a deep, hard look at, at the sins in her life. Sometimes we need to do that. And to be honest with you, that's one of my struggles now, 14 years as a Christian. I struggle with, uh, with why am I here? You know, am I just here just because this is what I know how to do? Or am I here because I want to continue to grow in my relationship with God? And, you know, I think it's super important for us to, to see what happens. What's the result of what, what happens when we deal with our sin, when we grow spiritually? Look in John chapter 4, verse 39 through 42, because this woman dealt with her sin, and here's the result of it. In, in verse 39 it says, Many of the Samaritans from the town, uh, many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of who? Because of who? The woman's testimony. Look what happens. She said, he told me everything I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with them, and he stayed two days. And because of his words, many more became believers. They said to the woman, we no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this man really is the Savior of the world. And what happens when you're growing spiritually is that you're going to impact people around you. And that's the charge that I want to give you, is to grow spiritually and impact the people around you. You know, I want to highlight the campus ministry. Uh, this past two weeks have been uh, very encouraging. We've had a tremendous amount of, of Bible talks. We had six Bible talks in one week, and over 50 visitors came throughout that week. And we've had over 15 Bible studies. And you know, that's been very encouraging. But what's been even more inspiring has been the joy and the buzz that is happening in the campus ministry. You know, they're just excited. They're more joyful. They're just, you know, you should have been there at our last meeting. We have over 40 college students there. And there was this like, hey, you know, I'm excited to be here. I'm grateful. And what, why has that changed the core? Why is that happening? It's because they have a desire and a commitment to grow spiritually. And, um, you know, I want to leave you with some next steps. You know, I have a baby there so you can grow spiritually. Amen. All right. The outcome of our growth. Here we go. Um, first is we got to change your perspective by seeing the need to grow. The next thing that we got to do is we got to study the Bible to deal with the enemies of growth. And I want you to write down what is stunting your growth. It's important to reflect. And lastly, Please come back to church to continue to grow spiritually. Love you guys. Have a great rest of the day. Happy Labor Day weekend.